coronavirus update. I've been involved in a couple of texts this morning, so let's just see what they had to say. Um, I can't read out other people's texts, really. I probably could because, you know, I don't name names. But, yeah, I'll tend to focus on just my texts. Yeah. Not, not an ego thing. You know, this podcast isn't an ego thing. If you've listened to the whole thing, I think you'd pick that up, you know. And, and number one, you know, I'm under a false name here. And all that sort of thing, you know. All right. It's just me. This podcast is just an opportunity for me to have a chat to myself. But anyway, um, uh, Donald Trump came up, you know, and um, his, um, his approach to coronavirus so far and uh, my response to that oh the the quote was Trump oh watching with interest watching with interest said someone you know, as the worst of humanity is shown yeah. Trump and his idiocy leading the way okay I ignored the bit with, you know, the worst of humanity, you know, because the best of humanity is going along at the same time, and the worst. Do you know the best of humanity and the worst of humanity is always on show, every day? Right. But my response, you know, I just picked up on the Trump comment, um, and, you know, I gave my honest opinion, and it is. His method of operating is perfectly ill-suited when something comes along that ignores bullshit. Uh, coronavirus doesn't care if you want to call it something it's not. It's going to plough on and be what it is, regardless. It's a boss even higher than a POTUS. President of the United States. Okay. Um, so that's that. That was the end of that text. Um, I was in on another text. Someone sent me a graph. Uh, now, where is it? I probably won't be able to find it. Um showing where coronavirus or this you know this latest coronavirus COVID-19 COVID-19 doesn't it's not catchy coronavirus sounds better you know people say oh there's lots of coronaviruses you can't call it coronavirus you know because uh, SARS is a coronavirus too so you know it's not very specific you've got to say corona you've got to say COVID-19 so we know what you're talking about hey listen you know if I in um what year are we in in 2020 if I'm say if I say coronavirus you know which one I mean SARS is not exactly a problem at the moment, you know, or MERS. That was a coronavirus too, I think. So, you know, and you say, you should say COVID-19, yeah, because that's the name that's been given recently. And I was like, well, you know, I'll just keep calling it coronavirus for one reason only. Sounds more catchy. All right. Um, so I was in on another text and someone sent me a graph you know, to put coronavirus into context, into perspective. And the graph says, you know, it showed um, which of all the viruses in history where they stood in terms of morbidity. You know, how many people they knock off. Yeah, if you catch it, what's the chances of you being knocked off? Yeah. Um, and just ignoring the fact of whether you, you've got underlying health issues and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, just keep this broad. Um, what are the chances it's going to knock you off? All right. And COVID-19, our current coronavirus scores fairly low on that, compared to some of the other Spanish flu and all that. Um, so this is, someone's put a lot of work into this graph. And the other, um, and the other thing to consider in that graph 
And it also highlights what its rate of infection is at present. Um, and you can only guess these things, but it's, a, it's definitely over one. Yeah, it's about 1.5, the graph said. Let's just uh, believe the graph. I've heard it might be two or three, but, you know, uh, for the purposes of this episode, let's just believe the graph. Okay, it's got a low rate of morbidity and a low infection spread rate. You know, about 1.5. Okay. And, you know, and, I, and probably, you know, it came from social media, this... Um, graph that I got yeah so I almost imagine you know I'm not on social media but the way they talk on social media hey get this into perspective peeps <laughs> they say peeps instead of people or maybe they don't anymore <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that um, become fashionable on social media I believe lol was one for a long time I was one of those people that thought that meant lots of love you know early on and then found out it was laugh out loud. Um, now, um, and peeps might be another one. Maybe people don't say peeps anymore because yeah, something becomes pretty cool to say and then soon enough it's not cool anymore. Um, okay, now, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. Um, get this into perspective, peeps. <laughs> It's nothing like the Spanish flu or even SARS. <laughs> um, but when I looked at the graph, you know, it was someone had put a lot of effort into it. I thought to myself, I looked at the whole graph and there was only one piece of it that, you know, I, I, I felt like scribbling out everything on that graph as irrelevant, you know. Um, there's only one thing that I would leave visible. You know, like you can do that on a phone, you can scrub out details on an image. So I would have scrubbed out all that stuff about SARS. Just ignore so you know, it's not forget about comparing it to SARS and Spanish flu and bubonic plague and all that sort of stuff. Um yeah, you know, I would have scrubbed yeah, all right, right, yeah, but all right. So it's got low infection rates uh, compared to Spanish flu. Um and it's got low morbidity. Okay, scrub those out. Anyway, I don't care about that. There's only one thing I'm putting a circle around on that graph. I'm scrubbing everything off that graph except for one thing. And the one thing I'm going to leave and that focus in on is that infection rate of 1.5. Now, if it's got a, an infection rate of 1.5, that's higher than one. Nothing else matters, arguably, you know, on one level. Other things do matter, like whether you're going to die personally. But let's just you know, let's not be self-centered just for a moment, and just think about this. On you know, what's the best way to make sure that millions of people don't die, regardless of whether it's got a low spread rate and a low morbidity or not? Because even with a low spread rate and a low morbidity rate, um, you can still knock off millions of people technically even a billion people in fact you could knock off everyone on the planet technically even with a low morbidity rate and a low spread rate okay you know, um, maybe you know, look you can kill millions right how to not kill millions if, if that's your only concern let's say you're the 
Director General of the World Health Organization, and you're not worrying about any specific person who's going to die. Yeah, you're not thinking about yourself. Just for a minute, let's just talk. About, let, let's just be. Let's be a world leader for a minute. And what's the only thing on that graph that matters? The only thing on that graph that matters. Look, people are going to die. Yeah. Um, it, it has got a morbidity rate. But what I'd be putting around a circle around would be, if I was the Director General of the World Health Organization, is that one little stat. Greater than 1%, oh, sorry, 1.5 spread rate. 1.5. Greater than 1.5, I think it's, it doesn't matter. 1.5. All I'm thinking is, hmm, that's greater than 1. That means it's spreading. That's what we have to deal with, on a global scale at least. So we need to put in strategies in place, uh, whether oneself is at risk or not, to uh, get that down under one. Yeah. This is me being a sociopath, you know, on one level. Yeah. All right, we're going to let some people die, but whatever I do, I have to get that under one. That's my job. You know, I might think that way. And then I might give someone else a job to say, listen, while I'm busy getting this thing under one, um, yeah, the people who are sick and dying, can you look after them over there? But I don't want to talk about that. I'll do my job. Um, look, there's going to be collateral damage. People will die. People will get sick, all that sort of stuff. All right, get, get all that happening over there, but I'm, I'm not focusing on that. You focus on that. I've got a job to do. My job is as follows. Get that thing under one. The spread rate under one. Yeah, and then someone says, oh, it's actually not as bad a spread rate as uh, Spanish flu. I say, I don't care. It's over one. I'm getting it under one. I don't want to talk about anything else. You know, this is my job. Yeah, yeah but you know, you're overreacting. Shut up. I'm getting it under one, no matter what. Okay? Yeah. And, and look, I can either get it under one quick or I can get it under one slowly. I may, you know, be a little bit sensitive to people not, you know, not wanting to lose all their freedoms and allow a few extra people to die, you know, I've got to weigh these things up. You know, if I do it quickly, more people will die than I than would otherwise. And if I do it slowly, oh, sorry, if I do it quickly, less people will die than if I do it slowly. All right, maybe, you know, all right, we are a very selfish species. Maybe I will allow a few extra people to die just so that the, the, the millions of healthy people, for example, um, don't feel, oh, I can't go to the footy. All right, I'll let you go to the footy for a couple more weeks and we'll let a few extra people die. Is that what you're asking? And they say, yeah, we are, because you know, otherwise it's overreacting. All right, I'll go with that because I'm a sociopath. And so are you, you selfish bastards. But I will actually allow that, you know, because it, it can upset people. So we are willing to allow a few extra people to die. They were going to die anyway, weren't they? Yeah, they're sick anyway. Who cares? Um, you've got to balance off. Um, you've got to balance up the fact that, you know, there's a whole lot of healthy people who aren't going to die anyway, most likely. And, and they want to keep going to the shops and do a bit of shopping and they want to go to the footy and maybe to go to the, you know, maybe go to the Grand Prix, you know, something like that. Um still send their kids to school because they don't want their kids home from school for goodness sake um, because you know why do parents even want kids to go to school 
well, yes, for their education, but also to get rid of them, get them off their hands for six precious hours. I don't want to give that up just yet. Can we hold off and close the schools when we have to? Yeah. Um, you know, like if we get to an Italy stage. Okay. Um, and, you know, then I might say, yeah, but, you know, in doing that, you know, a whole lot of extra healthy people will get, become carriers and carry the virus to some unhealthy people and kill them. Yeah, but then the healthy people will say, yeah, I know, but it doesn't affect me. So, you know, I want to go to the footy. All right, you can go to the footy for a couple of weeks. But if it starts to get bad, then we'll shut down the footy. And then the healthy people say, fine, you know, kill a few people, but at least my freedoms have not been curtailed unduly, you know. Um, Okay. We are a selfish species, you know. We have a selfish, we have a selfish gene, I think. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's how we got to where we are now because the universe is a jungle and you've got to be a bit selfish to even survive. Oh, look, there's collaboration as well. Um, Yeah, and that's how we became humans because we learned how to collaborate. But then, you know, on another level, let all the old people die and the sick ones too because it's really the healthy people that we want to keep going, isn't it? Yeah, I'm actually... Um, I am deliberately and genuinely um, acting like a sociopath here because there is an argument for a sort of slightly sociopathic um, approach you know, to this. Um, you've got to, you know, uh, you, have to, you do have to weigh up the practicalities of the fact that healthy people in the main don't want to go into lockdown. You know, healthy people, I'm sure that most healthy people would think, ah, I'm not going to die anyway. I'm probably not even going to get sick. Um, I'm not going to turn myself into, you know, fortress my house, you know, and put myself under all that pressure when I'm really not going to get sick anyway. Um, It's the people who are more likely to be sick that have to go into lockdown, you know, given that I'm only given that I'm only focusing on that little stat greater than 1.5 you know or you know it's greater than one um you know my thought will be well yes I know you're not going to die but um if you were if you were happy enough to you know play the infection control game and uh and voluntarily as a selfless act limit your you know Act as if you were sick and go into that sort of lockdown that you would go into if you were sick, you're going to reduce your chances of getting infected to the same level that people who are sick or elderly or whatever um, are going into um, to, you know, to limit their, you know, you need to be as cautious as if, if you're old and sick, and that's how we'll get that virus spread under one. Otherwise, you're effectively murdering people, or you're risking murdering people. Yeah. So I'd be thinking along all those lines, and I'd be forgetting about, I'd be leaving it to someone else to care for the sick and the elderly and the dying, yeah, and the people who are being infected, and I'd be focusing on just that one figure. The spread rate. And the fact that it's greater than one, in which case, it, it's spreading. Yeah. 
and that's all I'd be caring about, and I'd be putting in measures to limit that. Now, right now, yeah, that wouldn't mean that I would shut down public transport right now. Um, ahead of time, you know, because Italy has done that, but after it blew, um, so I'd be doing it a bit earlier, uh, get ahead of the curve. I'd be um, stopping the footy, the AFL, uh, even though, you know, I can't believe that, you know, because the AFL has been going since 1897 every year. We've never cancelled a season before. Um, and it's almost like a statistical shame to to muck that up. You know, even during the war years, you know, World War One, we had less... T- less t- some teams had to opt out, but the, the competition kept going. So, um, you know, we've got this nice regularity of the AFL having, having been going like clockwork for uh, 123 years. It was going like clockwork even before that, you know, in the previous competition, the VFA. Right, so that's that. You know, I'd be shutting that down. And I would be probably acknowledging that healthy people um, are, in the main, happy to put sick people at risk by risking themselves as healthy people becoming infected um, you know, they think that's a reasonable risk to take because they themselves are not going to get sick so they're happy to be ca- risk becoming carriers you know, and you know rather don't care if that results in X number of um, sick elderly you know people uh, getting killed you know look by not going into lockdown if you're a healthy person. Number one, you are being selfish and um, you are murdering elderly and sick people. You you are. Now, it may not be you personally because we don't know which healthy people will become the carriers, but um, it doesn't matter if you personally don't because as a group, um, you know, if there's, let's, what is there? 10 million healthy people in Australia. Right, as a group, you know, only probably probably 200,000 of those people will become carriers. You know, let's just make it 1,000, all right, just for fun. Right, if 1,000 people become carriers, 1,000 healthy people, um, the blame for anyone who gets killed as a result of those 1,000 people becoming infected and then passing it on to sick and elderly people. The blame for that is shared amongst every healthy is shared by every healthy person in Australia. The blame does not rest with the thousand who happened to become infected. If, if, what? 500 people die as a result of those thousand people becoming infected, Look, forget the numbers. Um, if 500 people die, the blame for those people dying does not rest on the shoulders of the thousand people who did get infected. It rests on the healthy people who did get infected and carried it and carried it to the um, sick people. The blame rests on the shoulders of a healthy person who did not get infected just as much. You're to blame, you know. However, you know. Um, we know that healthy people will think like that, a lot of them anyway. So, what do I do as a world leader 
focusing in on that one little stat that the spread rate is greater than one. Well, what I do, I have to recognize that healthy people are bastards. Right, I've locked that in. They are selfish. I'm gonna use it, you know, look, look, I'm healthy myself, but I'm going to use a, um, a rude phrase here just to illustrate my point. The average healthy person is a selfish prick and will be rationalizing all this away. And, um, but they're murdering bastard pricks. All right, now, I, just, I just felt like being a bit rude there for a second. Now, I would, I would be saying that internally. I would never say that on a podcast. Yeah, I would not speak like that on a podcast. I am quoting the inner monologue in my head, but I'm not saying that out loud to you, right? This is what's going on in my head. All right, they're selfish bricks, healthy people, and yeah, they'll somehow rationalise it away and feel like they're being reasonable and all that sort of stuff, but they're not. They're pricks. Okay, what do I do about these pricks? Okay, well, what I do do is if they're not going to play nice, I'll force them to play nice. You know, and if they think, let's not close down the AFL until it blows, Italy style, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to be cancelling the AFL from round one this year. Round one starts in about three weeks. Yeah, no, all bets are off. No AFL, no footy for you this year. And they'll all scream and holler and, no, oh, no, that's not fair. My, my precious freedom, you know. And I, you know, I just bring, you know, say, bad luck. You know, I reckon that's the approach you need to take with these bastards. And then, um, yeah, this is what's going on in my head. You know, it doesn't matter whether you agree with this. I'm, I'm the world leader now. This is what I would be doing. I'd be closing down public transport and I'd be closing down schools. Oh, but I can't bear having my kids at home. Come on. We're not, you know, my whole family's healthy. I'm not even going to get sick. Seriously. Don't close the schools. Schools closed. Padlocked. Bad luck. Come on, can we debate this? Says the poor parent, you know, who just can't stand the idea of having the kids home because the parents have to go to work anyway. Uh, you know, this is really going to be hard for me. I don't care, you know. I said, all right, let's get on to Q&A on the ABC on TV and let's debate this out. And I'll just say, no, um, we're, we're going into a, a form of dictatorship here. Um, you, you Surely you didn't think you actually had rights. These precious rights that you believe you have are contingent on everything going all right in, in the world. Um, but in times of hardship, you know, ancient Rome should have taught you this, we switch over to a dictatorship. These are the rules, you know. And if, and if you push this any harder, I'll bring the army in and we'll patrol the streets and lock you in your houses. Yeah. Even before it blows. This is my responsibility, and um, I'm going to take it seriously, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'd probably do something like that. You know? And now, the problem with that is that it's against democracy. Well, of course it is. It's a dictatorship, you know? Because what you're saying is um, the voting block, uh, BLOC, that is healthy people in Australia, is bigger than the voting block of sick people and elderly people. So... Um, you know, healthy people uh, can outvote the sick people, you know, and me as a, re a representative of um, all Australians, you know, if I'm a, a leader of Australia, um, you know, a democracy would say, let, let's, let, let more 
of the few die rather than infringe upon the rights of the many. You know, like if it was put to a referendum, healthy people would outvote the sick people and more sick people would die, but, you know, balanced against that, far more um, healthy people would still be able to go to the football. You know, and, and that's the way healthy people would think. So what do you do about that in a democracy? Well, you put democracy aside and you bring in a dictatorship. Ancient Rome used to do that. You, you, you suspend the rights of the many to protect the few. You know, and, and this is this business of if healthy people won't play nice, you have to force, force healthy people to play nice. Um, it's a little bit like um, there was a debate not long ago around Brexit um, and young people were furious. Young people were furious because older people um, were voting for Brexit and younger people were saying, you don't care about us, us younger people. You're happy to put us at risk. Our future's at risk. You know, maybe and there was, you know, it's about the actions of older people towards climate change, um, globalisation, all that sort of stuff. And younger people got absolutely furious, you know, and said, you don't care about us, you know. It's not your future, it's ours. You know, but right now in the world, it's flipped around, hasn't it? Uh, because now the older people are at risk and the younger people don't care. You know, so it turns out the younger people aren't that nice after all. You know, because they're saying, oh, I still want to go out and see all my friends tonight. And the older people will say, yeah, but you're putting us at risk by doing that. Yeah, I know, but we're not at risk, you know. So it doesn't make any difference to us, say, younger, you know, a lot of younger people. They're still going out and hanging with their friends. They're not going into lockdown. Most young people are not going... I know a few elderly and sick people and all that sort of stuff, people with underlying health issues. Um, you know, we, and they're not me personally, but, you know, I've got enough in my family such that my family has already gone into lockdown. We're in lockdown now because we're trying to protect the, you know, the elderly and the frail within our family, you know. So I've gone into lockdown and I know quite a lot of young people that are insisting on still going out and hanging with their friends and acting pretty normally. You know, I won't even go, when I, you know, I'm careful when I go, I'm trying to go to the supermarket late at night when there's no people there. That's what I'm doing right now. Uh, because I have to take steps to, you know, avoid death in the family. Now, younger people, see, it's all flipped. Younger people who were lecturing older people recently on climate change, saying, you're happy to risk our futures, you selfish bastards, because you won't change your ways. Now we've got this situation right now um, with coronavirus where younger people, you know, are doing that to the older people, it turns out they're no nicer than the older people. Well, that's not a surprise because they're humans too and humans are selfish bastards. Um, so there's all of that, you know. So, um, so it turns out they're not angels either, the younger people. They are insisting on still having their lifestyle right now and if, you know, the only way older people are going to stop them from risking older people, younger people that is, uh, risking older people is, you know, to bring the army out. Well, you know, at least to force them to not go to mass gatherings and all that sort of stuff. We actually have to bring in emergency laws to stop them doing what they should be doing voluntarily. You know? So, you know, to whatever extent younger people were accusing older people of 
being absolute bastards in the climate change debate, for example, um, and risking their futures, you know, to whatever extent um, younger people were accusing older people of being bastards on that front, older people suddenly, right now, can can accuse younger people of being bastards in the same way when it comes to coronavirus because they won't change their behaviours in order to get the infection rates down um, and save the lives of older people and, and infirm people. You know, because healthy people are the ones who will be causing the spread because they're in the majority. You know. So that's the way it goes. Okay, so there's some of the things I was chatting about. I also made a cartoon that I just chucked out there. That's what got sex started. I, I, I like drawing cartoons, you know. And I made a cartoon of two sheep in a paddock. Look, it's, a, it's an obvious one. And one of them says, um, and I'll finish the episode off with this because I'm nearly back to where I need to be. Um, and one sheep is sitting in the paddock and says, you've been listening to, have you been hearing what's been happening to the humans? <laughs> and the other sheep is in the paddock and it says, yeah, heartbreaking, eh? All right, that'll do on this episode. A global panic about coronavirus. There would be some panic, uh, probably in some cases warranted. Uh, But then it probably would be a mistake to interpret every action that is being taken to try and beat this thing as being part of a panic. Uh, There are many extreme actions being taken in the world that, you know, you could easily tag as pushing the panic button, which are not pushing any panic button. There would be many extreme actions being taken in the world that um, are rational behaviours. People acting rationally. We could do something right now here in Australia that some people would say, oh, that's pressing the panic button. Oh, you know, people are stupid, you know. Uh, They panic so much, you know. But, you know, we could shut down all public transport tomorrow, close all the schools tomorrow before it, it has even blown in Australia, this coronavirus, before it's even done in Italy. Yeah, we could do many things. We could shut down the AFL season, the footy season, um, and um, and do all sorts of things like that. I shut down everything except, every sort of retail outlet, except supermarkets and chemists, like Italy has done. We could do all these things before... Um, coronavirus gets on the surge and not necessarily be panicking. You know, we could be doing this as a result of 
cold, hard, rational, sober decision making. You know, maybe if if you if if the leadership of Australia, you know, decides to do all these things in the next couple of weeks before we blow coronavirus style, Italy style, if our leadership decides to um, do these things, you know, does does that have to be interpreted as panicking? Maybe, maybe the Chief Medical Officer of Australia and the leadership of Australia has just put a circle around one little stat uh, that they say matters and that, um, and that might be the infection spread rate and the fact that it's greater than one at the moment, if it is. You know, well, it is globally. You know, and they might just put a circle around that saying, listen, um, infection spread rate greater than one, then we are going to declare a pandemic and that will give us powers to do certain things like shut down the public transport system, all this sort of stuff, you know, shut down the schools um, and shut down the footy and so on. And, uh, you know, and then people might then get onto social media, for example, and say, gee, people, people are so irrational, they panic, you know. Look at this, shutting down the schools, you know, ahead of the curve. You know, that's nuts. You know, this is panic. Uh, but just because you say it's panic doesn't mean it is. Maybe there are people who are better at statistics when it comes to virus spread um, who know more than you do and know that if they get ahead of the curve, um, a couple of thousand people fewer will die, even if coronavirus does have a low morbidity rate and a low infection spread rate. Maybe they've done the maths, and maybe you haven't. Look, maybe you're healthy and you don't care if a few extra hundred or a few extra thousand people die, as long as your precious freedoms uh, are not infringed in, in, in any way. You know, maybe that's your attitude, um, which, you know, I can understand because I'm healthy and relatively young too. I'm not going to die either, probably. Very unlikely that I'm going to die or even get sick. I may not even show symptoms you know, um, if I catch coronavirus, personally. Um, but... I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about Australia's leadership and, you know, what do you call the actions of Australia's leadership if they do decide to close down the schools and force you young people to not gather in groups? You know, if they put you into lockdown, for example, what do you call those people? Well, you could call them panicking bastards, you know, but then they could call you selfish bastards, you know. Uh, because you, you know, healthy people will be the carriers in the main because they're the ones that get around the most and they're in the majority anyway. Healthy people, if there are going to people, be a lot of people who will die in Australia, it will be the fault of healthy people in the main. The people who are travelling, the people who are getting around, the people who have been on aeroplanes, you know, the very sick and the very infirm and the very elderly aren't doing much of that. It's the healthy people who are bringing the virus to them. It's the healthy people who are the murderers. 
by and large, very few very elderly and very infirm people have been responsible for the spread of this thing. It's healthy people that are killing elderly people. But, um, you know, but you still do get this attitude of healthy young people for us, especially saying, well, you know, um, it's not really going to, you know, it's really the elderly and the infirm people that need to go into lockdown because they're the ones at risk. But arguably, that's a very selfish attitude to take because they didn't even carry the thing here to Australia for starters and they're not spreading it around either. Um, it's healthy people that are doing that. So it's almost like the healthy people say, Listen, we, don't want to, we don't want our freedoms curtailed. We want to do our thing as per normal. Uh, but to allow us to do our thing as per normal, we need you to go down into lockdown so you can look at it the other way. Right, so it's almost a deal. You know, the younger people are saying to the older people and the infirm, um, listen, the coronavirus has come to Australia. And, um, yeah, we want to keep our freedoms. So the action that needs to be taken is you need to go into lockdown. Lock yourselves in your houses and we'll stay free because it's not going to affect us anyway. But the elderly people might then say, well, uh, hey, hang on, well, can you come back a step? Can you just curtail your freedoms so that we don't even get killed? And I think in the main, younger people have uh, sort of got an attitude of, no, we, don't, we don't want to do that, you know. And then an older person might say, oh, do you remember the climate change debate when you younger people were accusing us older people of um, being reckless with your futures. Do you remember that? Younger people say, yeah, you're bastards. And the older person might say, you're right, actually, we are bastards. The funny thing is, so are you. You know, because you don't want to change your behaviours to reduce our risk of dying either. My goodness, are we all the same after all? When you were calling us bastards during the climate change debate, was it the case that all along you were bastards too? Yeah. And if you cop it in the neck in the future, if your future is ruined by the older generation, yeah, maybe you are getting what's coming to you because you're willing to do that to us too. <laughs> I just didn't. Yeah. Look, there are a lot of good people trying to do the right thing when it comes to the current coronavirus pandemic, you know. Um, but I just enjoyed um, yeah, just wandering down that path. I just wandered down there. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a troublemaker. I'm an Irish troublemaker. Okay, now um, I've got a little bit more audio coming up, which I um, uh, recorded just before this one, minutes ago. Um, so i I'll play that now, uh, but often, you know, I, I, I chat away off the top of my head, and then I come back to the start and I add some audio, audio at the start, uh, because the act of having done the earlier audio allows me to think it through a little bit more. So you get two pieces of audio for the price of one, and you didn't even want any audio. <laughs> okay, next bit coming up. <laughs> 